0: Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will continue teaching us from Genesis about the life of Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar and how God makes a message out of a mess through his mercies daily. This message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or you can find the Friendship with God podcast on iTunes. That's the Friendship with God podcast on iTunes. Now, this Bible teaching radio program, especially this Old Testament Bible teaching radio program from Tom Cantor, is available through listener support. So we need your listener support to continue this Bible teaching radio program on this station in your city. And we'd like to encourage you to donate online at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or you can call us at 1-800-247-3051. 1-800-247-3051. If you're really enjoying the Friendship with God radio program with Tom Cantor, we really do need your support. 1-800-247-3051. Or again, friendshipwithgod.org. Now, our resource of the month is Tom Cantor teaching on the Passover from Exodus 12 and Isaiah 53. We have a two-disc DVD production that brings to life the process and passion of the Passover lamb for the Jewish people and the personal relevance of the Lord Jesus Christ as our Passover lamb in our lives today. you want to get this DVD, it's our resource of the month for a $20 or more donation and it'll help to encourage you to continue to support the Friendship with God radio program. So call us now or after the program at 1-800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051, or go to friendshipwithgod.org, to our online bookstore, or again, donate online, friendshipwithgod.org. And before we begin our Bible study today out of the Old Testament with Tom Cantor in the book of Genesis, we want to do a little recap or review of what Tom has been showing us and teaching us from Genesis chapter 16 in the life of Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar. And we've been studying in the first part of our message this week on Monday how Sarah was wrong in her unspoken opinion uh, towards God and how she said that the Lord had restrained her from bearing. Now, Sarah's wrong unspoken opinion was a terrible plan by Sarah and proposal to fix the problem that was actually caused or allowed by God. But everything went wrong, Tom taught us, because Sarah had an unspoken opinion when she said, Behold, now the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. Now, that was true. God was holding her back from children. But what Tom taught us was that Sarah was really saying, without saying the words of her opinion, was that the Lord was holding back something good. And that was all about what Sarah thought was good. And, of course, Sarah was saying that it was good for her to build a family right then and there. Therefore, God was restraining something good. But... Sarah was really saying that it was good for her to give birth to children. Therefore, God was restraining her from something good. Because everyone knew that God had opened and closed the wombs of those who were seeking children. But what Sarah said about God restraining her from bearing was true. But Sarah was really saying that God was restraining her from something good. And Tom Cantor taught us that's a terrible step to disaster. Now, we've all been there. We've clearly seen God has restrained us from something good that we want we think it's good for us to have it. Therefore, sometimes we go ahead with our own plan to solve it without God. But where did Sarah go wrong? By concluding that God was restraining Sarah from something good. But Tom Cantor taught us that God is a sun and a shield. And sometimes that sun is how he uses to grow us. And other times He shielded us from something. And it's not that he's keeping back something good as uh, Sarah was struggling with. But during those times when we don't get what we want, God will give us his grace to bear it he know, show us his glory and his presence when he's holding or shielding something back from us. But Tom Cantor taught us there's one principle that God wants us to, to have firmly fixed in our minds, and that's from Psalm 8411, that no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. No good thing, no. We don't want the word good in there, Tom pointed out. <laughs> we want God to give us everything. But really, Tom taught us that Sarah didn't really trust God in chapter 16. But was Sarah happy when she said, Behold now, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing? No. And why not? Because she was not trusting God. And we've got to trust God. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Now, we've all been where Sarah was. And God worked with her and dealt with her as well as he dealt with Hagar in that same chapter. Now, we've been looking at her life as well, too, as an Egyptian, a Gentile. And we looked at her life and have seen one mercy after another that God has shown her. Now, Tom pointed out that God knew Abraham, and of course he was leading his family, his caravan, his household, and that meant that Abraham made sure that all of his caravan, everybody, followed after him to keep the way of the Lord. And That meant all anyone had to do was to look at Abraham's life and how he ordered his family and caravan, and they would see what it meant to keep the way of the Lord by him spiritually leading his household or his caravan for God. Now, Hagar was able to come into Abraham's caravan, and what a blessing being an Egyptian and Gentile. And it was the mercy of God that she became part of Abraham's caravan. And, of course, she had a terrible experience that resulted in her being driven out. But as Tom Cantor has been teaching and pointing out, Hagar looked back over her life and could see one mercy after another. And she could say that she had seen the mercies of God. And as Tom pointed out, she was so shocked at the mercies of God and how he took notice of her life. That she names god thou god seest me it's an incredible study we've been doing this week on the life of sarah and abraham and hagar so here's tom Cantor with the rest of our study from genesis chapter 16 on their lives and god working in them
1: and when hagar was crying her heart out at that fountain there because she thought she's going to see her death she's going to see the death of her unborn baby and god then gave her the promise that her baby would not only be born, but he'd become a great people, many people. And Hagar could say that it was so good to have God's promise about the future of my baby that made me feel so good, that Hagar could say it was the mercy of God that my heart was broken for my baby. And as Hagar looked back over her life, Hagar could see one mercy after another. Hagar could say, when you look at my life, she's just talking to us today. Hagar would say, when you look at my life, don't say the mercy of God. Say the mercies of God. She'd say, don't say the mercy of God. Say the mercy of God, because that's what my life has been. One mercy after another. She would say, the mercy of God has come to me like a flock, a great flock. She could say, the mercy of God is coming to me like the waves on the beach. As soon as one comes in, here comes another one right after it. That's one right after another. That's the mercies of God to me. That's why when God spoke of marrying Israel, who had been so sinful, so rebellious, so rejecting of the Lord Jesus Christ, but when he spoke of marrying her, when Israel had become a prostitute, spiritually speaking, and God told Hosea, go marry a prostitute. Boy, that's something. To show how God feels about Israel and in their unfaithfulness to him. And in the book of Hosea, when God speaks about marrying Israel, he says in Hosea 2.19, For I will betroth thee unto me forever. Yea, I will betroth thee unto me in righteousness and in judgment and in loving kindness and in mercies. Mercies. So God would say, don't say mercy, Hosea, when you write that. Say mercies. And right along with Hagar, when Israel responds back to God, Israel says to God in Daniel 9.9, 9, to the Lord our God, belong mercies, mercies, not mercy, mercies, and forgivenesses. <laughs> they said that. <laughs> Though we have rebelled against Him, Israel says, don't say mercy, say mercies. And when we look back at our days, and starting from the morning of our days, Jeremiah teaches us, to along with Hagar, say these words in Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. It is of the Lord's mercies. Don't say mercy. It's of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions. Don't say compassion. Say compassions fail not. They, don't say it, they are new every morning great is thy faithfulness. See, it's looking at the mercies of God, the compassions of God that are new, and you look at all them and their abundance, and you say, great is God's faithfulness. Jeremiah teaches us, don't say mercy of God. When you write my verses, say mercies of God. It's of the Lord's mercies. And when we see the Lord Jesus Christ returning to rescue Jerusalem, from all of the enemies that are going to come against him, all the people, we see him coming and he's saying, in the beginning of the book of the rescue of Jerusalem, which is Zechariah, in Zechariah 1.16, he says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord, I am returned to Jerusalem with mercies. My house shall be built in, saith the Lord of hosts. So as God's coming to rescue Jerusalem, God says, Don't say I'm returned with mercy, but say it, I am returned to Jerusalem with mercies. And Paul teaches us, He says, look, when you talk about God, call him, and he teaches us what to call him in 2 Corinthians 1-3, where he said, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. And so Paul would say to us, don't call God the Father of mercy, call him the Father of mercies. And the one who taught us the most to speak about the mercies of God is David, king of Israel. He's the one who taught us the most, with all these psalms. In Psalm 64, "Save me for Thy mercy's sake." In Psalm 25:6, "Remember, O Lord, Thy tender mercies and Thy loving kindnesses, for they are have been ever of old." Psalm 40, verse 11, "Withhold not Thy tender mercies from me." Psalm 44:26, "Arise for our help and redeem us for Thy mercies." sake and this the psalm where he comes back to god after the terrible sin of lusting after another man's life killing him so that he can take her psalm 51 he says what's his basis of psalm 51 1 have mercy upon me O god according to thy loving kindness according to the multitude of thy mercies tender mercies blot out my transgressions psalm 69 16 turn unto me according to the multitude of thy tender mercies Psalm 89.1, no, the one we sing, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. With my mouth I'll make known His faithfulness to all generations. Psalm 103, verse 4, God says, he crowns you with tender mercies. 106.7, he's speaking about Israel and he said, they didn't understand, they remembered not the multitude of thy mercies but provoked him at the sea, even at the Red Sea. Psalm 106.45, he says, He remembered for them, for Israel, his covenant, and repented according to the multitude of his mercies. God did that. Psalm 119.41, Let thy mercies come also unto me, O Lord, even thy salvation according to thy word. And then verse 77 of Psalm 119, Let thy tender mercies come unto me that I may live. And then Psalm 156, Great, great, he says, are thy tender mercies, O Lord. Psalm 145, 9. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies over all his works. And Jacob, when he's begging God to save his life in Genesis 32, he thought, I'm a goner for sure. As he's looking at Esau coming after him with 400 men to finish him off. He comes to God in Genesis 32, 10. And he says, I'm not worthy of the least of all thy mercies. And when Paul begs us and he says to us, Be reasonable. Be reasonable and present your body as a living sacrifice to God. He says it this way in Romans 12.1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So Paul is saying to us, don't just consider the mercy of God, but consider all the mercies of God. And Hagar, along with Jacob, along with the people of Israel, along with King David, along with Paul, could sit down And make a long list of the mercies of God. And the challenge is, what about us? That's a good exercise to sit down with pen and paper and to write down the list of the mercies of God to us. And the greatest of all the mercies of God was that he spared us from the hell we deserved by his voluntary death, by the voluntary submission when God became a man, the Lord Jesus Christ, and died for our sins. No greater mercy than that. No mercy makes us a greater, what the hymn writer said, debtor, as he wrote, a debtor to mercy alone. Of covenant mercy I sing, nor fear with thy righteousness on my person and offering to bring. The terrors of law and of God with me can have nothing to do. My Savior's obedience and blood hide all my transgressions from view.
0: Continue with Tom Cantor and our great study that's happening out of Genesis chapter 16 on the life of Sarah, Abraham, and Hagar. But we want to stop for just a moment and remind you that Tom Cantor's teachings, books, writings, and even his DVD teachings and other materials that are available online, even creation resource materials, are available online at friendshipwithgod.org through our online bookstore. And speaking of our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org, We've got some exciting news. We will be adding a Bible to that collection of Tom Cantor written materials. Tom Cantor's finished his long-awaited Friendship with God Bible, and that's going to be printed here shortly. It's a King James Bible with over 2,200 pages and has over 600 pages of Bible helps and resources. It's an amazing Bible. It has Hebrew root notations in the Old Testament that you can study. It's got over 30,000 Bible column and inline Scripture references. It also includes a daily Bible reading notation schedule and a tour of the Bible scripture journey, specifically that Tom Cantor has laid out, so you can take a tour of the Bible. Now, we've also got 12 custom-made full-color maps and a full-color nine-page History of Israel timeline map that you'll get with no other Bible. It's specifically and uniquely created by Tom Cantor, and not to mention an incredible concordance a most popular Bible Scripture References section, a Bible References Help section, and even a Prophecy and Fulfillment Reference section. But We've also added to that the Names of the Messiah section, as well as hundreds and hundreds of other personalized pages from Tom Cantor, too many to name, to help you study your Bible and help grow your friendship with God. Now, we're printing these Tom Cantor Friendship with God Bibles with Finland thin paper printing technology, and they'll be covered with lambskin leather, now, a reference and commentary Bible like this would normally run over $200, usually 250 or more. But we'll be offering this incredible Tom Cantor custom-made Friendship with God commentary and reference Bible at less than $80 if you call and sign up today before the first limited print run release is taking place. Now, you can call us today at 1-800-247-3051, one 800 247 Thirty fifty one, And we'll add you to our list for the Tom Cantor Friendship with God Commentary and Reference Bible. Again, that's 1-800-247-3051. one 247 3051
1: So now, as we look at Hagar here, and we see her, and she's come to this place, and we're back in Genesis 16, and we see her... In Genesis 16, 13, she's absolutely amazed. She's looking at the mercies of God. She's amazed that God should take care of her. And she says in verse 13, she called the name of the Lord. She gives, calls him the name of the Lord that spake unto her, Thou, God, seest me. You see me? For she said, Have I also here looked after him that seeth me? She just can't believe it. She just can't believe it. She looks at her life. She sees how she's ruined her life through her stupid, foolish pride. And she sees the mercies of God, and one particular mercy just stands out to her right now, and it's the fact that God sees her, and God heard her. And she's so shocked at this mercy of God to have taken notice of her that she gives God this name. She says, that's my name, the name I'm going to give to God, is thou, God, seest me. She's filled with wonder that God has cared so much for her. She turns around, she asks herself this question. She says, boy, he sees me. Have I cared about him? Do I take him seriously? Have I bothered to care about God? That's their question. And she saw, you know, that's a question that she was not alone in asking. The father of missions, many people think that Carey is the father of missions. Actually, William Carey, the English Baptist preacher William Carey, he actually said the real father of modern missions is a man named Count Zizendorf. Zizendorf was born many years before him in the year 1700. And Count Zizendorf's life totally changed when he went into the, well, now it's a state art museum, but anyway, when he went to the state art museum in Dusseldorf. And there he came and he was looking at the paintings. He came to a painting by an Italian painter, Fetti. And the painting, don't go to Dusseldorf and look for it, because now they moved it to Munich. But anyway, it's still there. Go to Munich and see it. So the painting by Fetti was of the Lord during his sufferings. It's a face of the Lord during his sufferings. When Pilate presented him to the people, and Pilate said, Behold the man. So that's what Fetti wrote in Latin, "Ecce Homo, Behold the man. And then at the bottom of this painting, there's an inscription in Latin, and it reads this. It says, This have I suffered for you, now what will you do for me? That's what it says. And when Count Zissendorf, and he was in Germany, in Dusseldorf there, and he saw that, he dropped to his knees, and in the middle of the museum there, and with tears, he committed his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, before this time, he was happy-go-lucky. He was on the Wanderjahr. He was uh, the gap year before he was going to get serious and do whatever he was going to do and make his career. And he was traveling all around Germany, just having a good time in, all throughout Germany. He says, oh, why not go to this art museum? And he went to the art museum in Düsseldorf. And everything changed for him as an abrupt halt to it came to him as he really the impact of Romans 12 one and two, fell on him. And he said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, as we've said, present your bodies. And that's what he did. And it caused Count Zissendorf to consider the mercies of God. And right there in the museum, he drops to his knees. He doesn't care who's looking at him. And from that point on, Count Zissendorf was determined that his life was not going to be molded by the world that his mind was going to be renewed and his life was going to be transformed and he was going to be able to prove in his life what was for him God's good and acceptable and perfect will for his life and he established many missions and hospitals and over a hundred years later Francis Abigail saw the same painting still in Dusseldorf at that time and the painting inspired her to write the hymn I gave my life for thee I gave my life for thee, my precious blood I shed, that thou mightst ransom be and raised up from the dead. I gave, I gave my life for thee, what hast thou given for me? I gave, I gave my life for thee, what hast thou given for me? I suffered much for thee, more than thy tongue can tell, of bitterest agony to rescue thee from hell. I've borne, I've borne it all for thee, what hast thou borne for me? I've borne, I've borne it all for thee, what hast thou borne for me? That's the question of Hagar. That's what she's asking herself in verse 13. God did all this for me? He cared for me? What have I done for him? Have I looked after him? Now, she so wanted this to be ever and ever a place of a change in her life that she named the well, this name, Bir Laharoi, so that she would never forget. That's where she gave her life to the Lord Jesus Christ, Jehovah Jesus. So she names it. Literally... The well of the one who sees. The well of the one who sees. For the rest of her life, whenever she would think about, there is a well. There is a well in the middle of a desert where God saw me. And I gave my life to Jehovah Jesus there at that well. And then as she may find herself back to it, or maybe close to it. And she would say, you know, i got to go to that well. And she'd go by that well, and we could imagine her kneeling down at that well and saying, Lord, you've never changed. You've always continued to see me. And I'm going to keep on asking myself the question, the question of this well, have I looked after you? Have I given my life to you? What was the response that I'm using my life for because you have done so much for me? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for Hagar and for that you saw her, you found her, you saw her, you turned her around, Lord. We thank you so much, Lord, for repentance and the ability to come back to God. We thank you so much, Lord, for writing down all these things for our learning, Lord, and we thank you so much for your precious Holy Spirit who teaches us the truths in your word.
0: In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program today. Now, if you appreciate the Old Testament teaching from Tom Cantor, we'd like you to support the Friendship with God radio program on this station. You can do so by going to friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org and donating online so that you can keep hearing this program on your station in your city. Now you can also make a donation by calling 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Now Passover and Easter are just around the corner and Tom Cantor has put together an incredible teaching on the personal relevance of the Passover. It's an insightful message on DVD that teaches the Passover like you've never heard it preached or taught before. It's an edifying presentation of Exodus 12 and Isaiah 53 in a two-disc DVD production. And this DVD set is our resource of the month. And for a donation of $20 or more, we will send you this Passover teaching from Tom Cantor. Now, Tom Cantor brings to life the process and passion of the Passover lamb for the Jewish people and the personal relevance of the Lord Jesus Christ in all of our lives today. Now, it's a great gift to give to any Christian or unbeliever at Easter time and at Passover time, especially for a Jewish person that may be searching for the truth and the evidence in the scriptures of who the Messiah really is. So call us today with a donation of $20 or more. It's our resource of the month, and we'll send you this powerful DVD teaching by Tom Cantor, two-disc set, for a $20 or more donation, and it'll support the Friendship with God radio program staying on the air in your station, in your city. So call us with your donation of support of $20 or more at 1-800-247-3051. 1-800-247-3051. one 800 247 Thirty fifty one, or you can go online to friendshipwithgod.org. We have the product available at our online bookstore. So again, friendshipwithgod.org or one 3051 Now, while you're at our website, friendshipwithgod.org, remember you can get a hold of past messages. For example, there is a popular movie that's going to be coming out called Noah. Now we've got past teachings from Tom Cantor about the real Noah and his real life from Scripture. So you don't have to learn about it from Hollywood. You can learn about it from Tom Cantor. All those messages are available at friendshipwithgod.org. friendshipwithgod.org. They're also available through iTunes at iTunes.com and the Friendship with God radio podcast. So you can find all those messages at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also sign up for Tom Cantor's daily devotional verse. Just one verse that comes to your email or your phone. Find it all at friendshipwithgod.org. Or call us for more information, or again, to support this radio program, at 1-800-247-3051. 1-800-247-3051. Now, if you'd like to write Tom Cantor and tell him how much you enjoy the Friendship with God radio program, or if you have any questions, you can do so by emailing Tom Cantor at TomCantor, that's T-O-M-C-A-N-T-O-R, Tom Cantor at FriendshipWithGod.org. That's Tom, T-O-M, and Cantor, C-A-N-T-O-R, Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org and let him know how much you enjoy the Friendship with God radio program and he loves to hear those encouraging words from listeners. So send him an email at Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org or call and leave him a message at 1-800-247-3051.